Well, I trust you all had a great week. Maybe not, I don't know. We are all, we're all at different places right now in our lives. And, but what I do know is that God has brought you here today for a reason. And he's put me here today for a reason. And that reason is to glorify him forever and enjoy him forever. Proverbs 10, 28. The hope of the righteous brings joy. The hope of the righteous brings joy, but the expectation of the wicked will perish. Isaiah 29, 19. The meek shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord. And the poor among mankind shall exult in the Holy One of Israel. The meek, the humble, shall obtain fresh joy in the Lord. Psalm 42. Psalm 42, verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God. For I shall again praise Him, my salvation. And my God, hope in God. And then Romans 5. Romans 5, verses 1 through 5. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Let's pray. Jesus, I can't do this on my own. been praying God and asking you how I can't do it on my own God how how am I supposed to be an example and a leader to these people God I can't do it without you I can't do it in my own power so come now help me help me today help me this week help me for years to come God so if it's your will help me to be a leader to these people God the people that you have sent in my life Help me to discipline myself in a way that I can help disciple others. I love you, God. And I thank you for what you're going to do today, not only in my heart and in my life, but in the lives of every single person in this room. God, awaken our hearts. Open the eyes of our heart. Open our ears so that we may see the truth and value and how precious and great you are, Jesus. May we have joy and hope and peace in you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So I, I titled today's message, How to Be Joyful and How to Increase in Joy. Pastor Jeremy called me, I don't was it Monday or Tuesday? I can't remember either. But anyway, he called me and was like, hey, I want you to preach. And I was like, okay. He's like, I want you to preach about joy. And I was like, huh, 
okay, <laughs> you know, and so I love it. Jude and I, we always had, so I started looking up some verses, you know, it's, it's so great using the little app, the app on the Bible, you know, because you can just, t- I typed in hope, joy. I didn't even have to make it a sentence. I just t- hope, joy, and it brought up, you know, just numerous verses and passages, so I started thumbing through them and picking out ones, and actually before that, Jude and I were talking, and you know, and I was like, well, I, should, I shouldn't take credit for it. I think she said it first. But uh, she said, she's like, you know, she was bringing out the point that hope was like right there with joy. Hope and joy, hope and joy. I kept seeing it all over the place. Hope and joy. And so I started trying to funnel some of the scriptures through that. Like, is that what I'm really seeing? You know, is this what you want me to say? And because I was having a real hard time, like, what am I going to talk about about joy? Because joy permeates everything. It permeates sorrow. It permeates sadness. It permeates your gladness, your happiness. I mean, it's it's all over the place. It's in everything. We're supposed to have joy. I think Jeremy talked last week about how it's like a steady stream. Like, you just can't stop it. It's just going, you know? And so, I kind of had a hard time there until the end of about Thursday, I think. Thursday night, maybe Thursday afternoon, he really started just focusing me on what I needed to teach about today. And so, we're going to get started. We're going to get started with Galatians. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. A lot of you probably know this one. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Against such things there is no law. The fruit of the Spirit. You know, so there's, first of all, I just bring this little point. There's a difference between a gift and fruit. Okay, the Bible talks about how we have gifts, right? The Spirit has given us gifts. Those are more of our talents and our abilities, you know. I feel like God gave me the ability to teach. You know, he, he, I feel like He gave that to me. Not only teach God's Word, which I, I will hopefully always continue to pursue that and get better in it, but just to teach my kids certain things, you know, to help teach my wife. Um, to teach other people, you know, I mean, he gave me this ability to kind of teach, and, um, you know, he gave me the ability to work hard, man, I don't know what it is, but man, I always got something to do, there's always something to do, like, I mean, you asked you, I gotta, I cut down this huge locust tree in my yard, I mean, this thing, it would take two and a half of me to reach around it, I still haven't cleaned it up, I got a pile of split wood all over the place, anyway, it's driving me nuts, but, <laughs> There's, I mean, God gave me the ability to work and to work hard and to, and to glorify Him in doing that, you know. So He's given us all these different gifts, you know. Some of you have a gift of, you know, working with kids and working with disabled people and being good at computers and playing music. I mean, we all have different gifts, okay. But a fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, like He's talking in Galatians 5, we all have the same spirit in Christ. 
okay? We all should be bearing the same fruit. Now, there's going to be times, there's going to be fruit that naturally, I think, we can bear and we can produce just because that's the way God made us. But, man, there's going to be things that we can't, that we're, that's, that God's going to be like, i got to work on you in self-control. <laughs> you know what I mean? i got to work on you in your, in your love. I don't know, whatever, your goodness, your kindness, your patience. Oh, man, think about it before you pray for patience, okay? Think of, think of, sorry, I just spit. But think about what you're saying. I mean, really, there's been things that God's laid on my heart. I'll, you know, just me and him, I'm just praying and talking to him and reading. And, man, he, he'll, like, one time he laid on my heart, you know, you need to love people like I love people. And I was like, I don't want to pray that. Like, that that's going to be hard. You know, but but eventually I did, and and it was great. You know, but I, I'm seriously though. Think about some of these things that you pray about and ask for. You know, you pray for patience. He's going to put you in a situation where you're going to have to practice patience. You know what I mean? So there's a difference between gift and fruit. We should all be bearing the fruit of the spirit. That is the evidence that you have him. That's the evidence. So we should all be bearing the fruit. Um, I already mentioned earlier, you know, joy permeates everything. I mean, it's all over the place, and it's so... When you go home today and you start reading about joy, which I hope you all do, and you start reading about hope, you're going to see sorrow. You're going to see sadness, pain, suffering. It's going to be right there. But it's not always going to be like that. We're going to have times where we do have relief. And Pastor John Piper, one of the guys that Jeremy and I admire, Pastor Jeremy and I admire a lot, he said something, in those times of relief, you should be stockpiling joy. You should be stockpiling hope. You know, because there's going to come a time when you're suffering. And when, man, you're just like, God, where are you? And he's going to, you're going to have that stockpiled up. And he's going to fill you with joy. Not happiness, joy. Joy is steadfast. You can't stop it. It, it. You got it when you're sorrowful. You got it when you're happy. You got it, you know, it's just there. It permeates everything. James 1, 2 says, Count it all joy, brothers. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. This count, when he says count it, he's talking about reckon, consider, think about it. Think about joy. He says, you know, it's, it's, not, it's not the experience that we're going through in that moment that is necessarily joyful, but God in working something, but God is working something in us, right? He has a purpose. He has a plan. You know, sometimes it's not, sometimes we get so caught up and we're going through this trial, we're going through this whatever circumstance, whatever it may be, and we get so caught up and focused on what's going on right now, that we forget that he's got a plan, that he's got a purpose. You know, it's not necessarily always what's waiting for us at the end of that, of that trial, but what we're going through, right? That passage I read in Romans 5, it's building endurance and character, and it's building you up. It's building hope. And so anyway, 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, 3 through 9. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again 
to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice. You rejoice in that imperishable gift. You rejoice in the hope of a living God who rose from the dead. So that in this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. All right, listen to this. Verse 8. Though you have not seen him, you love him. Though you do not now see him, you believe in him and rejoice with joy that is inexpressible and filled with glory, obtaining the outcome of your faith, the salvation of your soul. I said it earlier in passing that, that our purpose you as a human being every human being your purpose is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever enjoy Him forever what awesome purpose <laughs> what joy there is in knowing that what hope So what, so what I feel like kind of this first Peter 3 is trying to get it, it's trying to drive home at us, you know. He's talking about this imperishable gift that we have that's unfading, that's in heaven waiting for us to obtain, you know. He's, he's trying to cultivate this mind and set our focus on thinking of, in terms of the future. Thinking about the future of our hope. Your hope in Jesus. Your hope in heaven. Your hope in the promises of God's word. Hebrews 6.19 says that hope is the anchor of the soul. I think at one time I wanted to get that tattooed on me somewhere, but I never did it. But maybe maybe another day. I'll have Matt Bagley do it. <laughs> but uh, hope is the anchor of the soul. When the hard time comes, you know, you got that anchor of hope down in there. You know, think about a ship uh, when the, those hurricanes come through. You know, man, that, if one of them things is anchored in there, man, it, it, sure, it's like this maybe, but it ain't going anywhere because it's anchored. Hope is the anchor of our soul. So, okay. <coughs> Sorry, I, I'm not as good as Jeremy. He's good at muting that. I couldn't do it. Anyway. Okay, before we go any further, we're about to plunge in deep here, okay? We're going to go in. We're going to get in. We're going to go in head over heels, all right? And I'm, I'm so excited. I really am to show you and to hopefully God will awaken in your heart the relationship between joy and hope. Joy and hope and peace and faith. It's all just intermingled like this. I love it. Okay, but before we do that, I kind of want to get some running room feel like we need to get some momentum has anybody ever been cliff jumping no i don't have any daredevils in here i'm the only crazy one so 
<laughs> but uh, so when growing up, my dad and my mom and I got a brother and a sister. I'm the oldest one, which may, may explain to you some my mentality to some of you. But anyway, we would go, we'd go hiking and climbing. My dad took us all over like the west of Western America. You know, we went to the Grand Canyon. I've been to Zion Canyon. I've been to Bryce Canyon. I've been to Bell Rock in Arizona. We've, I mean, we've done, I've climbed and hiked just about anything, you know, and it, it was it's awesome. I love it out west. Juju, I could never talk Juju into going out there. I think it's too dry. But we went to Lake Powell one year in Utah, and we climbed and hiked around all the national arches and stuff like that, and it was awesome. Um, my dad, my dad's like a billy goat. The dude can climb anything. I'm not even kidding. If you saw my dad, my dad's probably about 240 right now, 250, 6'2", we're about the same height, but he's just big. But the man is a billy goat. I'm telling you, he can climb anything. It's weird. But uh, so we went to Lake Powell. It was the summer before my senior year of high school, and I had just torn my ACL in my knee. <laughs> I mean, snapped it clean. Tink. I heard it pop. I was, I literally crawled back to my car. I was playing basketball and crawled back to my car and I cried in my car for a minute <laughs> so nobody could see me. <laughs> then drove home, you know, and told my dad. I was like, man, I think I'd really messed my knee up. And he was like, well, we'll wait a couple days. <laughs> you know, my knee got like this, you know, and just black and blue. And so anyway, found out I had to have surgery, but I couldn't have surgery until like September or something when school started up. And so, but we had this trip planned, you know, to go to Utah and to go to the Four Corners and do hiking and climbing. So I still went, and I wrapped this cheap little brace around my leg, and it didn't hurt. But man, I was—I'd be walking along, you know, down the path, and if I stepped on any kind of hole or uneven ground, man, my knee would just give out, and I'd just fall. <laughs> I mean, I could, there's nothing I could do. Anyway, so I'm doing cliff jumping with the torn ACL, and I'd say all this to bring, so that we, I was talking about building momentum for what we're about to learn, and this is where my mind went when I was thinking this, that we're going to dive deep into joy and hope and peace. When you jump off that cliff, I mean, you're just, boom, man, you hit that water, you go deep. You better have a big breath. You know, because I remember times being like, I can't find the top. Like, I mean, because we were, I mean, it wasn't nothing. It was like 40, 50 feet maybe. I don't know. I can't, you know, but we were, it, it hurt when you hit. But, <laughs> and so that, that's kind of where my mind went, where, where we're about to go. Man, we're going to plunge deep. And I hope that when you come back up to the top, man, God awakens you. And you're like, whoa. You know, you're gasping for the air, just like, and he fills you with joy and hope and peace and love. I hope he does that for you today. That's where my mind went. Romans 15. Romans 15, 8 through 13. Romans 15, 8 through 13. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs. Who are the patriarchs? Anybody? You don't count. That's not fair. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That's right. The patriarchs. They're the fathers, right? Whenever you, they're talking about the God of the Old Testament, they always say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Those guys are the patriarchs. 
just a fancy little word anyway verse 9 and in order that the gentiles might glorify god for his mercy okay so paul's about to lay on us all these old testament quotes talking about us we're gentiles okay we were not god's chosen people in the old testament right israel was god's chosen people right the jews the hebrews they were god's chosen people the gentiles we weren't okay we were kind of out here somewhere but god god was telling them even in the old testament look i got the gentiles are mine too and i'm going to bring them in so verse 9 he says therefore i will praise you among the gentiles and sing to your name and again it is said rejoice o gentiles with his people and again, praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let the, all the peoples extol. And again, Isaiah says, the root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles, in him will the Gentiles hope. He's talking about Jesus. He is the root of Jesse. We're gonna, so he's saying, Jesus is going to come, and the Gentiles are going to rejoice in him and have hope in him. Okay, verse 13, this is where we're going to focus in, and this is where we're going to get deep. Okay, you've got to think. I want you to go home and think about this verse. Go home and read it and read it and read it and read it and think about it. Okay, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in faith, so that, so that, there's one of them connector words, right? Jeremy was talking about for or therefore, so that is one of those as well. Because of, or this equals, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Okay. So verse 13, so how does the power of the Holy Spirit, you, yeah, leave that verse up there, please. How does the power of the Holy Spirit connect us to the promises of his word so that it produces joy and peace and abounding hope? How does, I'm going to say it again. How does the power of the Holy Spirit connect us to the promises of his word so that it produces joy and peace and abounding hope. Anybody? Any guesses? I told Jeff. Jeff, you can't answer. Look at what he says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, in faith. The Holy Spirit, to answer the question, how the Holy Spirit how does, the, how does the power of the Holy Spirit connect us to the promises of His Word so that we produce joy and peace and hope? The Holy Spirit creates faith in us. The Holy Spirit creates faith in you and me. That's what it says. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit in believing it's through faith the power of the holy spirit is creating faith in you because of the living and abiding word of god and he does it in an instant 
He awakens your soul. He wakes you up to the good news, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he came and he lived a perfect, sinless life and he died and was dead and he rose again. And that he's in heaven preparing a place for you and me. And that he's going to return and take us home. And it says God's dwelling place will be with man again one day. So the very first fruit that I believe that the Holy Spirit creates in us is faith. How does a dead man, how does a dead person create anything? What did Jesus say? What happened with Lazarus, right? The example of Lazarus. He was dead in the tomb for four days. They said, Lord, he stinketh. Don't open the tomb. He's dead. And what did he say? Lazarus, come out. He came out. God awakens us. God creates faith in us. God produces faith in us so that we can we're going to okay let's go let's go here we go <laughs> this is so good Jude and I had to I had to talk to her about it because that was like my brain was hurting like trying to make sense of this you know and both of us were like just sitting there putting like our mental caps on you know imagining so I, I'm going to ask you to do that same thing okay so put your put your imagination on put your thinking caps on okay so now joy and peace flow from the word of promise so joy and peace are flowing from God's word through the connection of faith by the power of the Holy Spirit into the soul of the believer so maybe another way of saying that okay so by the power of the Holy Spirit he's created faith in us okay now faith is that connection to the promise of his word and it's producing joy and peace in us. It's direct to our soul. Okay, so keep, keep those mental images on, all right? It kind of works backwards and it works on itself. And so follow me, okay? Hope. Hope in this passage, in Romans 5.13, hope gave rise to joy and peace, right? You guys see that? Hope gave rise to joy and peace. But then Paul ends it by saying that I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to goof this up. Okay? So hope gave rise to joy and peace. But then Paul ends it by saying that joy and peace result in hope. Okay? Do you guys you see what I'm saying? Hope gave rise to joy and peace, right? It, it produced it. But then he ends by saying that joy and peace result in hope. So they feed off of each other. Okay, they're, 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 like I said, it's just intermingled. They're all over each other. And so hope and joy and peace, they, they're, they're just feeding off each other. And one of the ways that hope grows and joy grows and peace grows is by feeding off of each other's fruit. Hope in the promises of God produces joy and peace. Okay, that's another easy way of saying it. Hope in the promises of God, hope in God's word produces joy and peace then joy and peace and the promises of God are evidences that you have the Holy Spirit and the more evidences you have 
that you have the Holy Spirit, the more hope you have. Is this making sense a little bit? Okay, so hope in the promises of God produces joy and peace. Joy and peace in the promises of God are evidences that you have the Holy Spirit in you. And every evidence that we are born again stirs up more hope and more hope awakens more joy and peace. And so we continue and continue more and more and more and we abound in hope. We abound in hope. They just feed off of each other. It's great. I love it. So how? How to be joyful and how to increase in joy. How to be joyful and how to increase in joy. Luke 10. Luke 10, 1 through 20. It's a big passage, but we'll be all right. After this, the Lord appointed 72 others and sent them on ahead of him, two by two, into every town and place where he himself was about to go. So Jesus, his ministry has been going. He's been healing people. He's been doing, he's been feeding the 5,000. He's been doing awesome things. And he's, you know, the crowd is coming around and wanting to see a miracle and great things. And so Jesus has these followers, 72 of them. He's getting ready to send them out two by two. So he's got, so I, this is how I imagine it. I love this. So he's got them all huddled together, all right? He's like, everybody gather around, gather around. Get a hand in, right? And he said to them, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Go your way. Behold, I am sending you out as lambs amongst wolves. (laughs) Can you imagine everybody's like, yeah, Jesus, he's getting them all riled up. I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. And they're like, like, aren't we the wolves, Jesus? They're like, he's like, no. You guys are the dumb, fluffy ones. <laughs> Ready? You know? <laughs> it's so good, though. I love it. So I'm sending you out as lambs among wolves. Carry no money back. Don't take any money with you. No knapsack, no sandals, and greet no one on the road. Whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. And if a son of peace is there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. And remain in the house, eating and drinking what they provide, for the laborer deserves his wages. Do not go from house to house. Whenever you enter a town and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Heal the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God has come near to you. But whenever you enter a town and they do not receive you, Go into its streets and say, even the dust of your town that clings to our feet, we wipe off against you. Nevertheless, know this, that the kingdom of God has come near to you. I tell you, it will be more bearable on that day for Sodom than for that town. So he's just, he's just warning them. You know, he's getting ready to send them out. He's like, look, people are going to reject you. You know, that's going to happen. You know, they're going to reject you. They're going to turn you down. They're going to not want to hear it. And that's going to happen. And then he goes on to proclaim woes, you know, to the people that don't listen. Um, you know, the one who hears, verse 8, verse 16, the one who hears you hears me, and the one who rejects you rejects me, and the one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. And so anyway, verse 17, okay? 72 return. 
how do they return? Joy. You would almost think that they would have been kind of bummed out when they got rejected. You know, maybe a little bit. Now they return rejoicing. Why? Look at what they say. Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Even the demons are subject to us in your name, God. We're doing awesome stuff. We had success. We have power. They're like, yeah. Look at what Jesus says. And he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And behold, I have given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the powers of the enemy and nothing shall hurt you. So he's like, yeah, that's good. I'm glad you're excited about that. I've given you that power. But nevertheless, do not rejoice in this. The spirits are subject to you. But rejoice, have joy that your names are written in the book of the life of the Lamb who was slain. Read Revelation 13. If your name is not in that book, you're not going to inherit the kingdom of God. He wrote it before the foundation of the earth. Jesus is telling him, like, that's great, you have power and success, but I want you to rejoice in this. I want you to have joy that your name is written in heaven. That's where your hope is. That's where our hope is where our joy should be is in the hope that we are our names are written in heaven so my first little bit on how to be joyful is that your name is written in heaven the basic how of being joyful is keeping your focus on the source of your joy Jesus. That's what he did. He's the one who wrote your name up there. Keeping your focus on the source. Our source is Jesus. Our source is Jesus. If you want to have joy, if you want to know how to be joyful, you've got to keep your focus on the source. Jeremiah 2.13 For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed out cisterns for themselves, broken cisterns that can hold no water. You guys know what a cistern is? It's a, some people build them out of concrete and they bury them out in their field. You know, you can't even know it's there. You could be walking, I mean, hundreds of gallons. You know, they're stockpiling water. They're saving it. It's, Instead of getting water from a well or getting water from the city, they have a cistern out there that pumps water through their, to their house, you know. So God's, God's saying, he's like, look, I'm the fountain of living water, and you're going to forsake me and drink this muddy, dirty water and die? He's like, I, have, I am the source. I'm the source. I mean, I don't, know how to, I don't know how he could make it any more clear. This is what Pastor Jeremy, I feel like, was hitting on last week about idols and idolatry. You know, he was just like, where's your focus? You know, we, want, we so easily just want to be like, oh, yeah, mm, look at this muddy water. 
stuck. Man, and Jesus is like, look, I am the living water. I am the river of life. And we get so distracted. We get so sideways and we wander. That's what Pastor Jeremy was getting on last week. Man, I was convicted. I don't know about you guys, but that's convicting. And that's the Holy Spirit in me. Like, you need to, come on. You know, I told you, I've told you guys before, you know, that earlier this year, God laid it on my heart. Like, I, that I'm supposed to discipline, the heat, that I'm supposed to discipline myself in such a way that I can help disciple others. Does that make sense? He wants to just, man, he wants me to be right there with him. So Jesus is our source. Okay, so how do we increase in that? How do we increase in that joy? If he's our source and we're supposed to keep our eyes on him, how do we increase in that joy? John 15. John 15, 1 through 11. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. You notice he didn't just say, I am a vine. I am the true vine. And my father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. Right? That's how plants work. You know, same thing with flowers. You know, you, when the rose does its thing, you snip it. So that way it'll do it again. You know, it's the same way with our fruit trees. You know, with any kind of plant. You know, you're supposed to trim it in the spring because it's usually going to grow. The new growth is what the flower brings. It is where the flower is going to blow, right? A little gardening tip for you. Verse 3. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, right? That branch is cut off. It's laying out there on the ground. It's going to wither and die. Can't, can't bear fruit. Verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered and thrown into the fire and burned. If you abide in me and my words... If you abide in me and my words abide in you. I lost my spot. Ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Verse 8. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Okay, and here's, here's the take home. Here's what Jesus, He just laid all this, abide, 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 remain, stay in me, stay close to me. And He, he lays it on us in verse 11. These things I have spoken to you that, remember that, so that, that, because of, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full he's, he's telling us that we have got to stay close you want to increase in joy you've got to be close to him it's got to be constant 
you want to have joy and that your joy may be full? You know, it all depends on how consistent you are. You know, don't be upset if once in a blue moon you pick up your Bible. Oh, I read a verse today. I'm good. Oh, I prayed. I asked God for something that I needed. Man, that's not consistent. That's not constant. That's not, that's not the kind of relationship that he's talking about. Right? Abide in me. Stay close to me. Make your home with me so that your joy may be full and that my joy may be in you. Right? And verse 11 is the whole purpose, you know. If, if you want to increase, then you've got to constantly abide. You've got to constantly remain in him. Every day it should be a struggle. It's going to be a struggle. Not it should be. It's going to be. Right? Every day. I love it. I call, my, I call my brother Colby. I call him on the, work, on the way to work about every morning. I'm like, hit me, man. Hit me with a verse. Give me something. You know, I haven't read anything yet. You know, give me something. What's God teaching you? And he's usually already at work because he gets there early. I don't do that. <laughs> I get there. I walk in. Okay, which truck am I on? Okay. See you. <laughs> Where am I going today? So how we have joy. How do we have joy? We look to the source. We keep our focus on Jesus. We keep our focus on the future that we have a hope because of him. That he has written our names in the book of the life of the Lamb who was slain. I love saying that. Judith gets on to me about it. She told me, don't say it like a weirdo, like I normally do at the house. But anyway, the book of the life of the Lamb who was slain. Where is your hope? Hope should produce joy and peace. Joy and peace are evidences that you have the Holy Spirit, which should produce more hope in you. Keep your focus on Him. Right? So then, so now the increasing of it is just like I said, staying constant. And if you're separate from the vine, you're not going to bear fruit. You're not going to be able to do anything got to stay in him stay in the true fine tap into the source remain abide stay close that your joy may be full I think some of the ways that we do that like I already mentioned is by reading the Bible how else do you stay close to God you read the Bible you pray about the Bible you you meditate on what he's taught you, what he's trying to teach you. You know, you, like I said earlier, you think about the circumstances that you're in right now, and you, like, this isn't it. You know, I'm not going to be stuck here in this season of suffering. I'm not going to be stuck here in this season of sadness. Right? God has a plan, and he has a purpose, and he's working all things for the good of those who believe in him. Do you believe that? Do you have hope in that? So often we get sidetracked, man. It's so hard. I've been here lately. God's been like really just laying on me, you know. God has appointed those in authority who are in authority over us, right? President. Every president, every king, every ruler on the earth, God has appointed. 
okay? He, God has a plan. These guys think they're in control, but God, has, God is in control, <laughs> right? And I think one of the things that he's really been working on me is that we, we can't get caught up in worrying. And politics aren't going to fix everything. Government's not going to fix it. Man, if we are citizens of heaven, our names are written in heaven, we are passing through this life. Are you going to take as many souls with you as you can? Are you going to take some people with you? Or are you just going to go to work, go to your job, stay at your house and raise your kids? And whatever it is that you're doing, are you just going to let it fly by? Or are you going to have hope and set your focus and your mind on heaven, on Jesus? And are you going to grow in that hope? Are you going to grow in that joy? Are you going to stay connected to him constant, consistently, remaining, abiding, and just loving him? You know, reading your Bible, praying, talking to him. You know, I talk to him in my UPS truck all the time. I'm sure people are like, <laughs> So as we close today, would you please stand with me? It's been my prayer all week that God would awaken us and that he would awaken those who don't know him and he would create faith he would call you to life and those of us who already are alive that he would set our hope on him set our joy in him that our joy may be full and that we may consistently and constantly remain in him Psalm 1611 you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore.